Welcome to the Wisconsin Football Coaches Podcast with your hosts, Tom Swiddle, Tom Yashinsky, and Paul Navinsky. Now let's join the guys. Hello and welcome to episode six of season two of the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association podcast. I'm Tom Swiddle, head football coach at Wauwatosa East and past president of the WFCA. I am joined by my co-host, Tom Yashinsky, head coach at Onalaska and WFCA Northern Vice President, and Paul Navinsky, former coach at Mosinee and a WFCA Hall of Famer. Gentlemen, most of the state was hit pretty hard with snow yesterday. Are you guys dug out? I, I think Yashinsky might have got more snow than we did. Um, I have a wedding I'm actually going across, so I think that area, and even in Madison, Milwaukee, you probably got more so that we got about three, four inches. Okay. Although there is another storm coming Friday. Yes, there is. We're going to get hit in southeast Wisconsin with up to 10 inches of snow, uh, which is going to be quite more than what we got. We got about five inches um, yesterday. Um, so Tom, you, you have a big garage. Do I? Yes. Yeah, I, I can park my snowmobile and snowmobile down there. There you go. Really have enough snow. You know what I'll do is I'll take I'll take my car out of the garage. You can put your snowmobile and your motorcycle in there if you would like, and I'll your just, fishing gear. I'll just if you would bring like. the snowmobile. We'll be set. Yeah, yeah. Hey guys, just a, a side note. Um, I got a lot of positive feedback from our um, last podcast with Coach Jorgensen. Um, people really enjoyed that, and you know what a great man. He's got so much insight into. Um, so many different things, and it really came out on that podcast, obviously. Hey, fellas, last May we did a podcast on the WIAA Competitive Balance Plan. And um, out of that came the uh, tournament performance factor, which we're going to talk about tonight um, with a coach whose school was moved up a division in football because of the uh, tournament performance factor. If you haven't heard last May's podcast, you may want to go back and listen to it uh, to get the complete background of the competitive balance plan. Um, for the purposes of tonight, I'm just going to give a, a thumbnail sketch of the competitive balance plan and how we got to uh, where we are right now with schools being moved up divisions in, in uh, tournament play. So the competitive balance plan was first introduced in 2014 and was voted down at that time, but it was revived in 2021 and it was approved last April by a vote of 265 to 115 by member schools. In essence, for years, enrollment was the only thing used for tournament placement. The competitive, competitive balance plan came from the feeling that there are certain schools that have an inherent advantage over other schools that go beyond enrollment. This creates a competitive imbalance over other schools. Now, for a long time, this was mostly looked at as a public school versus private school thing. Even today, for some, it never goes beyond that. But there was an ad hoc committee of 19 statewide district administrators that looked at a number of factors, not just public versus private. Um, the, the things that were looked at by the ad hoc committee included participation numbers, socioeconomic factors, rural versus urban, and open enrollment policies, just to name a few. So all of this has led to the tournament performance factor that was approved last spring. 
This initiative established a threshold of six points to both public and private school programs for WIAA postseason team finishes over the previous three seasons. Points are applied like this. You win a state title, you get four points. You make a state title appearance, that's three points. State semifinal appearance, two points. And in football, if you reach level three of 11-player football or level two of eight-player football, you get one point. All programs meeting or exceeding the six-point threshold over the previous uh, three seasons move up a division from their current placement. With us tonight is Tom Lee, head coach at Lacrosse Aquinas. Aquinas has moved up uh, to Division Four from Division Five in football, but I guess that's what happens when you win three straight state championships. Coach, I don't know if you look at it this way, but you have a perfect score under the tournament performance factor. You you got as many points as you could possibly get. Now I want to put this in perspective. If this was the ACT, you would have a thirty-six right now. You'd have a perfect ACT score of 36. Now, I'm not going to ask you what you got on your ACT, but there's no question you've certainly aced the tournament performance factor. Coach, thank you for joining us. Thank you, and it was nowhere near 36. <laughs> uh, neither was mine. Uh, full disclosure. Coach, let's start by talking about your program. I mean, obviously, you really got it going. Um, what are some of the elements of, to your success? Well, a little bit of history, um, and we were in the MVC with Coach Yashinsky for a lot of years, and we're a school of just over 300 kids, and man, we we struggled. We really had a tough time, um, and from in 2016, we had to forfeit a game. We had 19 kids that were healthy, and uh, 11 of them were freshmen or sophomores who had no business being an MVC game. Uh, over that 16, 17, 18 stretch, uh, you know, I, I see th these guys who get to uh, 100 wins and 200 wins. It, it would have taken us uh, 200 years to get to 200 wins. We were three games in three years uh, at that point. Um, and then there was kind of the uh, realignment that went on in the southwestern part of the state, uh, really kind of headed up by uh, John Hoke at Lancaster. He was really uh, passionate about that, even though it might not have been the best for his program. So I got great respect for him. Uh, after that, we went into the Cooley uh, conference where we've been for the last few years. And honestly, that was a huge part of us being able to get to where we are. Um, I, I've, I've always been, uh, you know, when people have asked what's, what's the deal, uh, being able for us, what we feel like is comparing apples to apples was, uh, was a big deal. So once we got her going, I mean, there's no doubt about it. We've had, uh, talented classes. Um, you know, I, uh, it, it helps to have, uh, you know, the best quarterback that's ever come through your school in probably 95 years uh, that we had for the last two seasons. Um, but once you get her going, you know, you get a little momentum and that's been, that's been huge for us, Tom. Well, it wise me up on your current conference situation. So you were in a conference in which you were um, greatly outmanned number wise. So you're, you're, you're kind of used to moving up, I guess, because you did that for a long time. So now you're in a conference where schools are of like enrollment, or are you still one of the smaller schools in your conference? Uh, we're, we're still like the, we're right at the bottom uh, as far as enrollment goes in the, the Cooley conference with our 309 kids that we've got right now. And actually Aquinas has won four state championships in the WIAA 
So you do have a tradition there. And I know if you go all the way back to the Wissa years, um, you know, and which isn't that long ago. I mean, Aquinas was also, you know, very, very good in, in the, the Wissa years also. So, um, and how big, at one time, what was the size of Aquinas? Like if you took the, the biggest school in Roma that you had, uh, you know, what would that have been? Well, I think back in the, uh, the 60s when you had all those baby boomers coming through, uh, and it was before we had our current edition on this school, uh, they had, I don't know, they had 1,300 kids in the school. I think they were putting 37 kids. They were stacking them on top of each other. They had nuns teaching them for, they paid the nuns like 15 bucks a year. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it was, that, that was before my time around here at all. So uh, at one point, I think when I first started teaching here, uh, we were around 400 kids in the building. Um, and that's uh, nine through 12. We've got a, a seventh and eighth grade in this building also, but I'm talking uh, uh, high school enrollment. And then, you know, just uh, demographics, uh, families aren't as big as they used to be. Right. You talk about those old Catholic families when they used to have, you know, 11 brothers and sisters. Well, that, that doesn't happen anymore. So, so you know, um, that we've, we've been around 300 for the last, uh, I don't know, dozen years probably. I am, by the way, a product of the, the Catholic schools in the 60s. Um, and, uh, you know, I went to a, a school in, in Wauwatosa. We had over a thousand kids there in grades one through eight. You know, when I went to school there, I got out of there in the fall, or excuse me, the spring of 71. So you're right. Uh, those Catholic schools used to be really big. That's fall. probably back when the, when the nuns were all wearing their uh, full sin fighters. Oh, there was full habits. And I'm telling you, that didn't slow them down a bit. Yeah. You know, they still had good, you know, right crosses and jabs. And, you know, it was it was uh, not easy to be in a Catholic school back in those days if yeah. you misbehave. Paul? Hey, Coach, congratulations on your state championships. Um. What has happened to the participation when you moved from the Mississippi Valley into the Cooley? Did you see a major increase in participation? Obviously, you're, you started winning, but did your numbers go up? Uh, they did. Um, part of it, too, uh, you know, I mentioned demographics before. Uh, so I had I was uh, I'm a teacher. I'm a history teacher. And I remember my daughter was in my class and I was sitting there and I, I looked. It was on one of the first days I had. Uh, 19 girls and three boys in the class. And that was not unusual. So it was one of those things where you just had kind of that, uh, you know, heavy female to male ratio. Uh, that evened out a little bit. Uh, so that certainly has been a change. But without a doubt, when we were able to, uh, you know, play schools our size, we did see our participation increase. And to the point where we had some kids that came out, uh, a great story from our 21 team was a young man named Ethan Schomberger, uh, been a soccer player, uh, his freshman, sophomore, and junior year. And, you know, he, I think he, he, his buddies were all football guys. Uh, he saw that, you know, we were probably going to be pretty tough and he wanted to just be part of it. And long story short, uh, the Mayville were playing against them. They hand the ball off to, you know, the leading rusher in the state of Wisconsin and, uh, Ethan makes a tackle out of two point conversion play. And the guy is, you know, uh, seven inches from the goal line. And that kid doesn't come out if, you know, as a freshman or maybe even as a senior, I was, my joke was, you know, I've got, I got 14 year old boys, uh, that we were trying to put out there against kids that were going to go in the Marines in about uh, a week. Yeah. Tom. And, and I always thought when, you know, when you were in our conference, 
uh, private schools always get a bad rap, right? Like, like they're always going to take heat and you guys know that it's part of the deal. Um, but people would say, well, Aquinas should be here. And, and you'd look at the scores every week and say, no, they shouldn't. Like it's just, you know, when you got Holman, which is up over 1200 now, and, and we're at 930 and Thomas at 950 and, you know, and all these numbers, it, it was a thing where it, 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 you shouldn't look forward to a team in your conference because you know, they're outmanned, right? Like, you should look at your conference and go every week we have an opportunity to get better because we're playing teams that are similar to us and, and they're going to give us a run and, and it's going to be a challenge and people should want that. You should want competition in your conference. You shouldn't, you shouldn't want a team in your conference just because you know, you got more kids than them by 700 and, and it's, and it's going to be a, a night that you can schedule for homecoming and get, you know, whatnot. And, and it, once you guys got out of the conference, you showed that, hey, when you can get kids excited about football because there's a chance every Friday night, good things can happen. Um, but yeah, when you're when you're down 600 kids, it's going to be tough, right? Yeah, you know Both. what? Uh, so so Tom, uh, Tom and I are, are are pretty close. Like he's one of my best coaching buddies. He's awesome. He's been really good uh, for football in this area. Um, and he's right. We saw a lot of homecoming floats over a couple of those years, man. There were a lot, a lot of seasons where I felt like, holy smokes, it's homecoming again. Uh, but one of the big challenges for us, as much as anything, was our lower levels of football. Because we were kind of taking those uh, young kids uh, that really had no business playing varsity football in that league and having to suit them up on Friday nights and kind of putting them through the grinder. So that meant our lower levels, we, we struggled to, to have some uh, continuity there. Uh, and, and so that was, it was a huge, huge challenge for us. And, and I, I've never, ever shied away from the fact that I don't think we get to the point where we are if we are still playing in that league. It, it just would have not been possible, I don't think, to build up the, uh, the program uh, with numbers like we have. Tom? And the year that you forfeited, I forgot if that was 18 or 19, uh, but 16. the year that you got 16. Okay. The year that you guys forfeited a game, you forfeited against West Salem, which was the smallest team in the conference outside of you guys. It wasn't against Holman, right? So if you were going to forfeit a game, it probably would have been against if, you know, if you're going to choose to forfeit a game in terms of people are like, well, they're just, they're doing it to make a point or they're scared of playing somebody or whatnot. And it was like, no, they, they legitimately didn't have enough guys. Because otherwise, you would have picked Holman to forfeit against, who had 1,150 kids and was by far the most physical team of the conference. But you you forfeited against the West Salem team, who is probably the most comparable team to you guys in terms of of size and numbers and you know and just all of that. Um, it was legitimately a a requirement that week, not not a choice, not a statement or anything like that. Yeah, I think. Uh... Our principal and athletic director probably saved me for myself, to be honest. Uh, I didn't want to do it. You know, it was one of those things where, like, we talked about, do we just go out there and kneel on the ball three times and punt it just to just to get a game? You know, and, I, and that was it, – it was it was not great. I mean, I didn't want to do that to West Salem. Um, we came back the next week and played home, and, uh, you know, it, we weren't sure we were going to make it through, but we were sure as hell going to try. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it, was, it was a struggle. Paul? You know, it's amazing to think about that. In 78 years, you've got three state championships. From there to where you've come, do you, do you think that's kind of what the competitive balance is trying to do to even the playing field for people 
or or is it conference realignment that needs to take a bigger look at what what's your thoughts on all that uh I think it's the, you know, I'm not sure it's anything with the evening that. I think it's given teams an opportunity when they look at something who maybe does have, uh, you know, a powerhouse. Um, and I don't know for that. But, hey, we're going to go up against this team. They are going to boat race everybody. Bump them up and give, hey, we've got our dream class coming through. Uh we should have a fair chance and maybe it's not fair to play against this team that has you know so much success bump them up if they're really good they'll go up and and they'll be able to do it there coach and and you know thank you for that you know history lesson if you will on aquinas football i appreciate that and what a great story but here you are now um and it's you could look at it i'm not saying you do but you could look at it you're being penalized for your success because you've gone from a situation where you were at one time the smallest school in the conference and you had your, you know, your trials and tribulations doing that. You got into a league that was much more uh, to your liking in terms of numbers. But yet here you are again, you're going to be moved up from Division five to Division four. And you're going to be playing schools again during the tournament, schools that are in some cases probably significantly bigger than you. Um, reaction. Well, you know what? A couple of things. We were we were kind of right at the bottom. We there was a possibility we were even going to go down, depending on who made it, uh, who qualified, population wise above us. So that we, there was a possibility we were kind of right on that bottom of the D five cutoff line. Um, I, you know what? My take on it is this: the the rules are are applied equally to everybody. Uh, it's not like they're going, hey, we're going after, you know, Aquinas or we're going after Catholic schools or whatever. Uh, it's it's the same for everybody. So whether you're Aquinas or whether you're, you know, Edgar, I know Ed, like there was some talk that uh, Coach Sims was going to be on here. Like it, it's it's the same for everybody. And we've been in way bigger disparities. Uh, we've kind of got things going right now. And, you know, whoever they put on our schedule, that's who will play. Uh, I know we faced uh, Columbus this season in level three, who was a D4 team, you know, the previous season. And just because they were right on that cutoff line, they went down. And, man, that was a, that was a hell of a football game. That's probably the best uh, game that we played all season and one of the best, you know, best teams we faced in a long time. It was super physical. You know, and, and I guess that's just what we're going to have to do. And honestly, guys, um, if you asked, because we did this with our seniors, the seniors that played for us for four straight seasons, uh, I asked them, like, how many times did, did you hear me or our coaches talk about winning? And, like, one kid said, I don't know, maybe three. Like, and I, I was surprised it was that high, to be honest. So so we don't, we don't judge. You know, we didn't judge ourselves on what we were doing uh, based on wins and losses. I know I know they keep score and I know everybody else does and they keep a record and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, just we were very process oriented when we were getting uh, beat up. I mean, we were working our tails off to get beat by 35 and get beat by 42. And now we're just working our tails off to maximize what we are and, uh, you know, really give kids a great experience. So to us, hey, it's the rules. Um, we're we're going to play by those rules and that's that's what we're going to do. So if they, whoever they put us in the bracket with, hopefully we get in next season. Yeah, we'll play. Paul? 
Coach, I, I don't think you did the appeal process, correct? Did not. Had no interest in doing it. May I ask why? Uh, because, honestly, I, I talked with uh, a lot of people in our athletics and kind of administration, and I just said, you know, uh, that's that's the rules. Uh, I don't know if it would have done any good. And I saw the, you know, the appeals, and the only one that looked like it went through was a volleyball one, and that's because of, you know, adding another division in volleyball, right? So, to me, it, it, you only have so much energy in your body, right? And are you going to spend your energy on that? Or are you going to spend your energy on just being your best and doing what you do and, and not worrying about the stuff you can't control? So to me, it was a thing you can't control. Um, so just just deal with it and, and be tough. Coach, you, you're aware of the process, right? You knew that you could be doing it. There was a procedure to do. You'd get a chance. But you were very aware of it, correct? Um, yeah, very well. We we knew that there was an appeal process, and I never had any interest in that. Yeah, I'm not, not speaking for another coach whose program got moved up, but I saw a quote by him, um, you know, that, you know, based on, um, you know, enrollment figures and, you know, the way enrollment's going to be, you know, he, he could look down the line and say, yeah, we've we've had a pretty good run here. And, you know, we certainly meet the threshold to be moved up a division in football. But the reality is, you know, we've we've had, you know, pretty good classes coming through here. and We've had decent numbers. Um, when you look at what you currently have in your building, knowing that next year when you go to the playoffs, you will be in Division four and not Division five. Um, you have similar numbers that you've been having. I mean, is it just, you know, a continuation of what you're doing and. Um, that kind of thing, or you know, could you see at some point in time that if if enrollment drops, or um, you know, you talked about the disparity between uh, boys and girls sometimes in in schools, um, and I faced that when my first coaching job head coach was at Dominican, and you know, we were in at that time, you know, with Marquette and Memorial, and you know, Pius was a school of two thousand at that time, and I just remember, you know, the last year I was at Dominican. I had 120 boys uh, in the sophomore, junior, and senior class combined. And, you know, we were playing Marquette. Um, but uh, be that as it may, I mean, do you, do you look at the number-wise, do you think you're going to be okay uh, in the years to come? Because you're going to be there with, with the, the numbers you've got. I mean, you could not win a game next year, and, and you know, you could still be in, you know, Division Four. Yeah, so – for sure, having some uh, success generates uh, momentum. Um, we're looking at next season. I mean, there's a possibility we might have uh, close to 80 kids. So at a, a school of 300 kids, we're going to have about 80 kids uh, playing football. I was just at our booster. Wow. I said, the good news is uh, we're going to have 80 kids. The bad news is they all have heads, and their heads all need helmets, and helmets are expensive, right? Yeah. So. Uh, the year after that, we've got really big numbers in our, our middle school. I mean, we might have, you know, a, a little bit more than 300 kids. We, we might have 100 kids out for football within uh, within a couple seasons or close to that number. That You know, we just try and give those guys a great experience. And so, I don't know, maybe when you look at those numbers, maybe it, it is. Uh, but back to your point of, you know, hey, this was, this was a class that went through. So I think of, man. Scott Hilbert at uh, Mayville, that boy, that boy can coach. He's good. He knows how to run a program. 
And, you know, Mayville, we, we faced them in the finals at Camp Randall in both 21 and 22. Um, but he had, he had an amazing group of kids go through. And I'm sure he'll get more kids through and he'll coach them up. But, you know, when you have, you know, arguably your, you know, best player that's ever come through that school at tailback and you've got, you know, an all-state defensive end, all-state tackle, uh, a guy who, I mean, he was, he had a bunch of guys. And, and when those guys go through, it's tough. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it needs to be more, I mean, the same point told, but over a longer period of time for schools that deal with that. Uh, you know, if they said, if we didn't win a game last year, we were going to go into it anyhow. Well, we we didn't, we won, we won championship again, right? So, so it, it works for Aquinas. Maybe it's not quite right for some of those schools that are in like the Mayville situation. Paul? Yeah, this is a general question more for maybe the three of you. This is a three-year cycle, correct? Yes. You're going to be in division first. Can you appeal it like next year? Let's say you say, okay, we, we, we went zero and nine. Is that appeal process still available to you? Uh, may I? Yeah. So I understand you just, you just keep going through the three years. So now next year you'll be, you know, so the, the fourth year will drop off. Right. So once you drop off from whatever point total, then you'll shift back down. I don't know. I, I'm not sure about the appeal process. Again, I haven't I haven't thought about that at all after we basically right away said, OK, fine, we're not dealing with it. So I don't know. Maybe you guys can speak to it with more uh, more uh, expertise. I'm sure you could appeal every year. I mean, there's no reason why someone couldn't. Um, but I think the appeals committee has really shown that they're they aren't too interested in, in, in overturning any of them um, as none of them had a shot. And quite honestly, uh, you know, I would have to hear a really compelling argument as to why someone should stay down. If you, if you won now, I will say, I do believe that the, they should adjust the point total or make it as such that you need to win a state title in order to be moved up. Like I would be fine if they kept the point total the same but one qualifying factor for moving up was you had to win a state title. Can we say that a team was dominant without winning a state title? Uh, right now, you could go to level four, three straight years, never, never step foot in Camp Rando without buying a ticket and get moved up. And I don't think that's right. And we haven't seen that happen yet. But sometime during this process, we might. And, and that shouldn't be the case, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's it's it's good. It, obviously, it's brand new, and there's a lot of things that are going to be learned about this over the next couple of years. And just like we've learned about uh, conference realignment for football, you know, we're still figuring that out in some respects. You know, so yeah, I, I think there's going to probably be some things that will be added or taken away, perhaps from um, the tournament performance factor. Now, coach, you said that uh, earlier that. You know, you talk to your administrators and other athletic people at Aquinas, um, but did you ever talk to parents? Did you ever talk to your players and, you know, ask for their input? Or maybe they were very vocal about what they wanted to do. Did, did that ever come up? Uh, I'll be honest. No, I, I didn't ask him at all. So, yeah. Well, you didn't I, ask, but did anybody give you on some, you know, unwarranted, you know, feedback on, oh, on the process? Well, yeah. Feedback. So, 
Uh, yeah, there was some talk about it at the Booster Club meeting, and people had their opinions on it. But I just I, honestly, uh, I know this. You, you, you guys, I just don't waste energy on that. It, it's yeah. a waste. No, I understand. I understand. So, uh, Paul, go ahead. I got another question for the panel. Is this competitive balance committee going to be looking after year one? Are there things we need to refine? Like Tom Yashinsky brought, I really feel the same way. If you don't win a state championship football, I don't think you should be moved up. But I, I know that's not there. I mean, are they going to be, is the WIA committee that put this together going to be looking at this periodically to say, okay, we're changing the points. We're changing this. We're doing that. Yeah, I, I have no idea. They did say that it was going to be an ongoing review every year. Um, obviously, we haven't completed one full year of it yet in terms of we still have winter and, and spring sports to go. But they did say they'd look at it. Uh, how much changes do they make after year one? I'm going to guess it's pretty minimal. Um, but I do hope that they take some feedback and, and really look at it. I think one of the people that was on the committee like has moved on since, or maybe that was the – that might have been the, um, the conference realignment. Uh, but – but I do think that they are going to look at it every year and, and hopefully they'll, they'll have some common sense and look at some of these common sense type cases and, and, and do the right thing when that, when they can. And you know what guys also football is unique compared to every other sport because you first have to qualify, you know, in basketball, you can look at basketball and go, Oh, we're going up to this division. So, you know, that's going to happen with football there, just like with conference realignment, there's the domino effect, right? Like, Hey, if uh, Aquinas goes from five to four, that means one of those teams that used to be a, a four is now getting pushed down to five. And, um, you know, that that's that's a change, too, that uh, maybe is one of the unintended consequences or something that will need to be reviewed. Tom? That's going to be an interesting uh, uh, room on the Friday night and point when they do that this year when you know it's going to look like one of those spider webs when they're trying to solve a crime case of, of who's moving up and who's moving down and uh, because the other part of it is if um so let's use uh let's just use us as an example let's say that we were not going to move up but a team below us rice lake is going to move up um and let's say we were one division ahead of rice lake we can't move down because we've accumulated a point because we've made it to level three a couple of years so we, so we have a point anybody who has a point can't bump down a division. So you're looking at a spot where you might go five, six, seven, eight teams into a division to find a team that you can finally bump down. Um, so it's, it, it's actually kind of fun. Some people think it's going to be a headache. I think it's going to be kind of fun to watch because I'm not the one that has to sort it out. <laughs> well, you're also the kind of guy, Tom, that likes to, you know, look at a car accident and see what's going on too. When you drive by something like that, Paul. Yeah, I agree. I, that was my next question is that Friday, that night is going to be far more complicated to get this right about who's going to be in what division. I just, for what Tom Yashinsky said, you can't just take the next lowest person and move them down. It's not going to work that way. So this, this is going to be, it's going to be a headache for them. And as it continues right now, it's 15 teams. Let's say it's 25 teams. This this can be a problem. Well, you know, it's interesting. You guys have looked into this more than I in the sense that, you know, coach, I never even thought of, okay, if you guys move up, that means there's a division four that's got to move down. I mean, that's just, I hadn't even thought about that. 
and, and that that's a consequence. There's criteria too involved in it. So, and then sometimes, you know, you might have teams that they're, they're, they're one, two, three people separate students, separate them. This could be, this could be definitely different. Yeah. You know, and then to your point, uh, Tom Yashinsky, you know, you could make three straight uh, semifinals and get two points each year and you're moving up. And like you say, you, you haven't even been at Camp Randall, but you're, you're being moved up. So um, I understand the reason why they're doing it. I'm just really curious as to how it's going to uh, carry out, how it's going to take, what form it's going to take when it really starts to play out and, and, you know, the criticism or maybe everybody rejoices that they have this plan now because it seems to be working really well. So, um, uh, coach, I, one last question on, uh, from me, when, when you look at, um, you know, moving up to division four, um, you're probably going to be playing teams you've never played before, right. Or that, you know, very little about, um, is that a disadvantage? You know, the fact that you could be playing teams that, that you've never seen before, you've never seen them on tape. You've never, you know, you know nothing about them. You know, not only are you moving up and playing bigger schools, but now you've got to place a school, even that first round, typically, you know, you kind of know the team you're going to play in the first round. Um, you know, you won't know that. Do you see that as a disadvantage? Uh, it's different. You know, the playoffs are always different. Uh, you'll get two games that you, you know, off a huddle when you do the exchange. Uh, Steve Kramer is one of our assistants here. He's our offensive coordinator. He does a really good, if he didn't work uh, for me, he might be uh, at the CIA gathering intelligence on uh, uh, of foreign adversaries. He does a really good job of scouring the World Wide Web and coming up with all kinds of film. You know, so so you do that, and I, I don't know. I, I think it's probably not horribly different from the playoffs. Uh, we we went uh, south in uh, 23 after going north in 21 and 22. So that was kind of a new group of uh, teams that we've not been familiar with. Kind of is what it is. Work your tail off, grind and film, and come up with a game plan based on what you think you know and see what you can do. So, yeah, it'll be a challenge, but I think it's always a challenge in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with that. Paul or Tom, you got any last uh, questions or comments for Coach? Congratulations. Thanks for coming on here. Um, I, I think one thing that definitely is going to happen is it's going to be unique. It's going to be new. But I, I think eventually they'll figure some of these things out. Um, they'll tweak it a little bit. I think it'll be a, a, a pretty good program. Yeah. I agree. As long as they're open to suggestions, which sometimes the uh, WIAA is well, not open to suggestions. Tom Swiddle, that's kind of the whole idea of the podcast. We're just starting a discussion so people could start saying, oh, I never thought about that. Uh, Wanakee going Division One could throw the whole grouping off of where you normally go. Yeah. Um, there could be, there's a lot of issues that I think in a year from now, Will have to be looked at and have to be fixed. Right, I agree. Well, Coach Lee, we. I'm well, sorry, I do have a suggestion. Yeah, you got to get a, a co-host named Tom so we can have all Toms across the board. Paul yeah, Spring. I was thinking about that. You know what? I'm gone. I'll legally change my name. Yeah, right. well, Paul's middle name is Tom, isn't it? No, it's James. But I I'm can, just kidding. I can make it's it's no good. 
that Get doesn't work. Um, <laughs> but Coach Lee, I, I, I got to thank you again for for being a part of this and and your insight and and quite frankly, um, you know the fact that you are willingly, I guess maybe that's the wrong word, but you know the the fact that you don't look at this as anything that's a detriment to your program. Uh, speaks volumes of you and it speaks volumes of your coaches and players and your support people and everyone else at Aquinas, that it's just another challenge. And again, I, I, you know, I, I applaud that. Um, and we wish you nothing but the best of luck. And I can't wait till next year to see who you end up playing, you know, in division four in the playoffs, it's going to be very interesting. So thank you very much. I hope you have a, a you're having, I'm sure a great off season that it continues to be that way. Um, and as always, you know, Paul and Tom, thank you for all the things you guys do to help with this podcast and get this thing, you know, on, on the air and, and, uh, to our listeners, um, as always, uh, thank you for listening. And should you have any suggestions or comments that, um, you have for us, uh, don't hesitate to reach out to Paul or Tom or myself. We're interested in what your thoughts are. So with that being said, I'd like to say good night, everyone, and have a great rest of the week.